Hello. <laughs> what is Skype? Baby, don't hurt me. Well, what is what is Skype is it's currently showing me freaking pop-up things all over every interface element that I keep closing and another one pops up immediately after it. It's like, do you want you want a tutorial on how you can share your screen? Do you want to confirm your phone number? And it's just like Microsoft. <laughs> Did you hire like the pe- the people at, at at the LinkedIn team that you have? Did you oh, just like recruit Lord. them over? Oh no. I, not not them, please. It's just I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't really like have a philosophical problem with Microsoft. Uh, and I thought it would be a good thing when they bought Skype and when they bought uh, LinkedIn. Because it's like, well, they'll be financed by all of the other nonsense that Microsoft does. But uh, it, it seems like they haven't curtailed any of their growth, happing, growth hacking schemes at all. Uh, and so that just continues uh, un- unabated. And if anything... It probably uh, has made a lot of other stuff worse because, like, there are ads in Windows or whatever and all this other nonsense that uh, I don't particularly feel like I need in my life. But uh, that is neither here nor there. That is just a temporary frustration that comes from one tiny little second. And the rest of the time is just enjoying your presence. And what a great year it has been talking to you, Micah. Oh, what a great year it's been talking to you, Joe. We've we've had a year... Of of tech treats, tumultuous times, and technology. Tech. I already said. I started oh, tech with tech treats. Yeah. Okay. Tech, comma treats, comma tumultuous times, and <laughs> terrific ideas for dance clubs. <laughs> yes. I was Thank I was you. just listening to the Incomparables uh, clip show bootleg. Um, oh my god, it's already out? Uh, the bootleg is. that It just posted last night after they recorded. They don't usually do a bootleg. They usually are like, oh, we're going to surprise everybody. But uh, for whatever reason, they did they did a bootleg this year. And uh, the there are some there are some moments from you in it. You have, you have moments. Hold on, some? Some moments. Oh my god, okay. Uh, well, well, I'm going to download that today. Yeah, uh, there, there is one particular moment I would like to call out, which is... Uh, <laughs> Marcus P. Last year, a listener of Defocused had suggested that your guest episode, where you were on to talk about uh, Kingsman and the Golden Circle, um, that uh, that your selection of a, a, a bionic uh, ur- uh, ureter w- would would be a good pick for a clip. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I had asked the. It seems like my questions for people get me in trouble. I had asked the question. <laughs> Um, if you could have a, you know, super powered sidekick, then what power would they have and and why? And I ended up deciding that my sidekick would have a robotic ureter because it was it'd basically be like a built in pressure washer. Um, they could also allow you to fly like those folks who like <laughs> hover over lakes uh, on jetpacks. <laughs> See, I think um, it's really that second thing that <laughs> surprised everyone. Yeah, everyone was very surprised by that part. Um, but then I went on to talk about how, uh, because Dan pointed out that you sort of, I think you both pointed out that you sort of have to keep the person hydrated if you want to keep them rolling. And uh, you, depending on what sort, of fl- what sort of fluids you gave them, then it could change the properties of the propellant, so to speak. Um, and then I had pointed out, holy cow, uh, you could give your person, your sidekick, 
a whole bunch of asparagus. And because of the way that our bodies do and don't break down the different chemicals that are in asparagus, uh, we end up we end up urinating. Um, it's like sulfuric compounds from asparagus. And so you can smell those. So uh, folks, you know, who've eaten asparagus and then use the restroom and are like, what is that weird smell? Or by now they probably know, oh, that's because I had asparagus earlier. It's kind of like how sometimes you can smell coffee in your urine. Well, I have a correction that I need to make. Um, I really, I regret the error and I regret my lack of scientific, scientifically backed, um, you know, uh, scientifically backed suggestions for uh, sidekicks because uh, 23andMe actually is the reason that I now know um, that, that I was inaccurate. It turns out that not everyone can smell those compounds in urine from asparagus. And that means that uh, you'd have to like, I don't know, do some, you'd have to send in the, the special ops team to <laughs> steal the, the, the target's hair and then run DNA analysis on it to make sure that they could actually smell the compounds in asparagus that are uh, sent out in urine before you could know for sure uh, that uh, that technique would work. I think you're overthinking this. I think everyone would just be generally horrified that uh, <laughs> anything was happening along any of these lines, even if they couldn't smell anything from it. <laughs> That you know, that's a fair point. That's a that's that's true. Uh, in general, you'd probably be upset, but yes, <laughs> if you really wanted to make sure that they could smell that horrible smell, then you're going to need to make sure that uh, DNA wise, they are genetic genetics wise, they've got the necessary genes to give them the power um, inconvenience of being able to smell those compounds in urine. Well, that's nice. Um, so, <laughs> technology news. <laughs> yes. Uh, we don't have any uh, updates uh, for any any pre CES leaks about uh, bionic ureter technology. But uh, <laughs> get it, get it, CES leaks. But um, uh, <laughs> we 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 can talk about other technology that's happened in the news recently. And uh, do we one have thing- any movie pass news? Uh. I haven't seen anything. Are they still a company? Or did, did something happen? Uh, yeah, so something... No, 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 God, no! Um, <laughs> I was trying to look up uh, so I could make sure I got all of the details correct. Uh, and I it ended up going to moviepass.com, and I don't even want to give them my view of one, <laughs> one, one page view. But it's too late. It's happened, and I'm mad about it. So... <clears throat> Deadline recently broke the news that Bruce Willis is going to be here has actually signed on for let's see what is it a three year deal. Uh, MoviePass has a film studio. Who knew? And uh, Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. I did well, not they, know they that did, they did that horrible John Gotti movie with John Travolta. Yeah, uh, you can you can find many reviews panning the film, um, but it was it was uh, MoviePass's first effort in in a um, special film uh, for for their for their constituents. Uh, I guess they didn't learn their lesson. Um, nope. Because uh, so Bruce Willis is good friends with the co CEOs and uh, co founders of MoviePass, 
And so that is why, I guess, um, it solidified a long relationship that Willis has had with Emmett Furla and Oasis. He's made 14 films with them. And uh, the first in the new three-pick pact will be Trauma Center. It'll begin shooting in February in Miami, otherwise known as Miami, Florida. Additional casting is underway on the film. And they will produce Trauma Center uh, while Ted Farnsworth and others will executive produce. So they <laughs> one of the one of the folks said, we consider Bruce a part of the movie pass family at this point. Bruce is not only one of the biggest worldwide movie stars, but is also a force to be reckoned with. And we look forward to the future with him. So what I think has happened, Joe, is that they, they say that it's a three movie deal. But instead, what they're doing is they've hired Bruce Willis so that every time someone tries to cancel their movie pass subscription, he will call them on the phone and angrily get them to keep their account. And for the folks who can't be convinced in that way, they're going to fly Bruce Willis out to their house to knock on their door and tell them they need to keep their movie pass account. And I think that this is a much more effective strategy than putting up a poor, poor, sweet, adorable little dog and hoping that that's going to get people to keep their movie pass account. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to be careful. Otherwise, uh, Bruce Willis is going to fly out to the coast and have have a few laughs. Uh, <laughs> if you seen Die Hard. No, I but I oh. I did a I did a little chuckle there. Well, no, okay, I should a take that back. Chuckle. I have I have seen Die Hard. I don't remember it. Um, but I did a little chuckle there because I had a feeling. I was like, "That's Joe making a Die Hard reference." I know, and it was. But um, you still called me out on it, and that's okay because yeah, I <laughs> I don't know that movie well enough to have known what exactly you were talking about. You still called me out on it, and that's okay. That's <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, I, I, I was genuinely, I just wanted to make sure because sometimes people, you know, like you want to act like, you know, the reference, just, you know, halt the conversation in its tracks. Mm-hmm. Like I've done I do that a lot by calling you out um, is, is a form of stopping the conversation. <laughs> yes. Uh, story checks out. But uh, yeah, no, I, this, this my, whole. Well, just no, before we go back to that, like, uh, my my colleague, Renee Ritchie, um, he makes lots of of like movie references and uh, like old school rap references and other references and Typically, I never get them, and sometimes our co-host Lori Gill also doesn't get them, and so we'll just sort of sit there and like, ha ha ha, yeah. And I know he's making a reference to something, but I have no idea what it is. And it's like, I mean, yeah, we can stop and we can talk about it, and you can he could go on a little spiel about what the reference comes from, or we can all pretend like we know exactly what he's talking about and move right along. And so I tried to do that here, but uh, yeah, I, we didn't we didn't agree on it beforehand, so. The conversation was halted. <laughs> Sorry, <sighs> but uh, so <clears throat> yes. Anyway, this Bruce Willis thing not 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 gonna in any way significantly change uh, their platform. Uh, they're 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 Dunzo. Uh, it's just extended the life of their Dunzoness. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I I I don't see this company ever recovering. Or accomplishing what it originally set out to do, they have set a lot of money on fire. And they have no way to recoup that, and they have uh, basically just stabilized themselves by not really offering the service that they were going to try to offer before. Uh, by coming up with a, a many ways to uh, curtail people from using it, so it just becomes even more like 
a gym membership uh, that you that you can't you can't use. Um, only it's not because you don't want to go to the gym. It's because you can't go to the gym. They've they've put like cow traps around the gym <laughs> and uh, maybe some some uh, automated throwing star machines like in Teenage Mutant oh. Ninja Turtles or something. There, you know, there's some way to protect the facility from from you using the gym equipment uh, that you're that you're like paying for <laughs> yeah this that's basically their their business plan right now it, regardless of what bruce willis is going to bring to the table and th- this uh oasis is the, the that's uh the production company that they that did gaudy i believe um mm-hmm. because they actually had the movie in progress when movie uh pass acquired uh them and it's just it's not that's not it's not gonna happen. They, they they don't have they have they have no taste. Tacky jerks. Um, but uh, <laughs> you tacky jerks. <laughs> you got no taste. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I I mean I'm gonna say it has Christmas in it. Um, and uh, that's not an answer to my question. It it is okay. Here's the thing. It is because it's fun to say that, but at the same time. I don't care. Uh, like there, 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 there are just people who get so worked up over uh-huh. the Die Hard uh-huh. thing, and it, it becomes even less fun um, because uh, Fox is now marketing into that into that um, internet oh, argument no. directly. See, that's like that's Dad finding out about the joke that that his kids are making, and then trying to be in on the joke, and then it's not. Or the te- better yet. You know, some dads are okay. Uh, you can quote me on that. Um, better yet is a teacher finding out about an inside joke that some of the students are making and trying to, like, be part of the, like, to get, to gain more respect and uh, camaraderie with their students. The teacher uh, gets in on the joke and tries to. And then everyone's like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. This isn't fun anymore. We got to stop this now. So if Fox, if, teacher fox is uh in on the scoop then it's, yeah it's not as fun no no i mean the last thing you want is to be making the same arguments as a marketing uh branch of a studio <gasps> that's how you know you've lost <laughs> but um uh, it's uh, gremlins a christmas movie um according to i guess it was the new york times or something it is but because uh, joe dante the director of gremlins um was freaking out about it on twitter uh <laughs> I I I mean, uh, it is it is a movie that takes place at Christmas. It, it I, don't, I don't think it necessarily has any Christmas sentiment in it. Uh, and if you watch it, it's it's a real big mess of a it's film. It's kind of horrifying. Yeah, the Christmas tie-in. But uh, but anyway, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really care. I mean, the only the only ones that I would like, you know, insist on is, is if, like somebody was like, oh, the Grinch who stole Christmas is not a Christmas movie. Then I'd be like, you're just. Yeah, that's and, wrong. Yeah, but uh, but the rest of it, when it's there's a really ancillary stuff like uh, uh, L.A. Confidential has like some Christmas lights in the background of a scene. It's like <laughs> that doesn't make that doesn't make uh, L.A. Confidential a Christmas movie. Um, but uh, that that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't really. I don't. As I said, it it, it does not uh, entertain me. Um, I don't have whatever Reddit gene makes people uh, <laughs> so riled up about this stuff. I love that. From now on, anytime someone's like super gets super bent out of shape about something silly that the internet has created, that is the Reddit gene. I write it down, folks. On December twentieth, twenty eighteen, 
Joe Rosensteel, Joseph Rosensteel, uh, has a fi- Joseph Thunder Rosensteel has oh, officially geez. coined a new concept uh, known as the Reddit Gene. And uh, I think that it's important that as we head into 20 by teen, otherwise known as 2019, that we, you know, really hold true to to keeping that that new discovery alive. Wait, is 2020 by teen? Is that, is that, is that a thing that I've missed? That is a thing that you've missed. Um, yeah. I'm so old. <laughs> but what, what, is, what, what, is, what is the thing? Uh, well, it's just that bi folks wanted, uh, bisexual folks wanted to claim the new year and 2019 kind of sounds like 20 by teen. And so uh, we have, I guess, like we as a group have claimed 2019 as the year of bisexuality. So uh, everybody have fun uh, in the new year and join us in celebrating 20 by teen. The age of Biquarius. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, okay, I shouldn't really say that because it perpetuates the whole Bicurious thing. Uh, but any- oh, anyway. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> no, I just I thought about it after I said it and then I was like, I should probably apologize because that's not. Not what you meant. Not not what I meant. But um uh that, that's interesting to know uh but uh but yes please have a year um all all, <laughs> all of you have a year <laughs> <laughs> you get a year and you get a year um no but uh that that's interesting uh and uh but to go back to christmasy stuff um uh-huh. i am going to be traveling for christmas i don't know if you're traveling for christmas because your family doesn't exactly live right around you um no yeah so i well i will be traveling this sunday um and be out of my town but still within my state mm-hmm. for christmas time yeah hop in hop in the old uh car put it hop into in the, the old gear. stratus and <laughs> and uh, chug along down or up the highway to saint joseph missouri my hometown beep beep that's nice you gotta do a whole saint and everything Mm-hmm. Yes, Saint Joseph. In fact, you have to cross yourself every time you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the rules. I don't I, make the rules. I'm just really flattered that they named a city after me. <laughs> you know, I I want to thank you for coming across the city, for founding the city, um, <laughs> and for blessing the city. It's very nice of you to have done. No, Joseph Rubidoux was the uh, founder of st joseph missouri as that's um, not a real I name <laughs> i swear to god joseph rubidoux he was french it's spelled r-o-b-i-d-o-u-x rubidoux. uh and he founded the city and so, uh, is not a fake name <laughs> several of the streets in the city are named after his kids including francis and some others that i forget <laughs> Uh, sorry. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm going back to elementary school when we went to, we did like a tour of the, uh, mayor building and the like courthouse and all these other places. And that's where we learned about Joseph Rubidoux and his children and how all of the streets right, are named after him. I have a question. Is, okay. is the mayor building city hall or is the mayor building like the mayor's residence? What is, what is the mayor building? Sorry. I meant city hall. Yes. <laughs> okay. The mayor's building is city hall. <laughs> not, not his house. Uh, at the time it was a guy. I don't know who the current mayor of my hometown is because I don't live there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I meant, I meant city hall. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, that, well, that's, that's, 
I mean, it sounds like you got a you got a low stress like drive ahead of you. Um, oh so you no, don't... that's not not at all true. Um, oh. It would be a low stress drive because it's about three hours forty minutes away. Um, and if I if I leave for if I leave my house for um, uh, two days at most is is the is the max that I allow myself. Um, then I can. My, my dogs can stay in in my house because they are both outdoor potty trained and indoor pad trained um and so the two of them just hang out with each other and i've got cameras all throughout the house of course uh so i can check in in case something's wrong and then if so that i can just talk you know chat one of my friends and let them into the house with the smart home stuff um but for the most part like I've uh, one day for sure, two days at most. Uh, they're cool to just hang out with each other and, and all is well that ends well. Uh, but more than that, and they come with me. And Henry, I've talked before, he's the full bred chihuahua. He's just a super chill dude. Um, on the last episode of Query yesterday, we answered some questions from listeners and somebody had asked me about the names of my dogs and their personalities. And so I was talking about how if Henry was a person, he'd have like a deep British accent and he'd sit in a leather chair and just judge everything and say, oh, the, you know, things these days. He's just very laid back and sort of, I don't know, just kind of looks at everybody like, what are you doing? What's what 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 life choices are you making right now? Um and Mizzy, on the other hand, is a whole ball of anxiety and excitement. And so because of that, because I'll be taking them with me, um, it tends to be a nightmare. Now, it beca- for, for her, she does not like to be uh, kenneled while in the car. She makes in, I would say inhuman, but that's not right. I guess in canine sounds um, of, of distress and... I talked to my vet about it and not my vet, their vet. Uh, I talked to <laughs> their vet about it and the vet was like the thing that everybody tends to do. Oh, just give her an antihistamine. Um, so I did. And somehow she was worse. And I went back to the vet ready to strangle and was like, what have you done to me? And the vet was like, oh, yeah, I guess I should have warned you with some dogs. They feel that um, that bit of, of sort of tranquilization coming on and it triggers their fight or flight response. And so more adrenaline pumps into their body and they get even more bent out of shape. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you should have told me that. Um, when I last time I went to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the other thing was I got some like because I knew that once I got to where I was going, they were going to be fine to just hang out in in the house. Like they are not kenneled dogs, uh, pretty much ever, because um, they don't need to be. They're pretty chill about things. But when I'm traveling with them, obviously I want them kenneled so that they're not running around the car and like causing havoc. Um, I should say, Mizzy's not running around the car and causing havoc. Henry just chills on my lap or in the chair, whatever. But um, I, so I got some, like, they have these like pop-up crates that you can buy. They're like fabric sided and, you know, they've got like metal rings. They're sort of like those, um, those things you put in your window to block out the sun where you sort of like fold them up and they turn into a tiny little puck. Uh, but they were, they were crates that you could keep the dogs in. So I got two of them and I had them in the crates, um, driving along, Mizzy's making her noises. Eventually, you know, she does just decide to go to bed instead of being upset about things. Um, 
But suddenly I heard this noise and I uh, felt Mizzy uh, putting her nose on my arm in the front seat. She had ripped through the side of the fabric crate, broke out, and uh, then I had to just keep her with me the rest of the trip. Um, So this has all been the past. Um, So this year I'm... I tend to be a little bit, uh, I call it protective cynicism. So if I expect the worst, then if the worst happens, then I'm not surprised by it. I'm ready for it. But if the best happens, then I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. Um, And I say that because I have been using CBD oil. Uh, It's like CBD oil for canines uh, with Mizzy, giving Mizzy CBD oil um, whenever... We have guests whenever I, you know, take her to the dog park or things like that. And it seems to have worked really well for her. And so I think that it's going to work well um, in the car, too. So instead of using an antihistamine, which uh, raises her fight or flight, I'm going to use CBD oil and hopefully um, she will be more chill in the car. So yeah, it's not a low stress thing. Um, it is a nightmare, but uh, I'm looking forward to you know spending some time with the family. And my mom um, is very excited to see, as she calls them, her grand dogs. So all of that is good. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah. My my sister used to travel with uh, her cat, um, which is it's a horrible cat. Um, uh, it's it's I believe t- she says it's a Tonkinese, which I don't think it technically is, but uh, it is a cat, and it is uh, an evil little thing and hates everyone except for her. Um, so if she takes it out of the house, it freaks out and will freak out on anyone. So the vet that she has uh, gave her gave her uh, basically what amounts to I think cat Xanax um, mm-hmm. that uh, she would have to. Uh, Get, administer to the cat in order to be able to like take it anywhere um just because it was not not only not cooperative but was uh freaking itself uh way out um yeah yeah pe- pe- dangerous for the animal right yeah no. pe- pets are um i don't know i I've, i i have not personally had a pet uh well no that's not true i haven't had a large quadruped pet um I, <laughs> that uh, i need to worry about in any way so uh, I, I I don't know how to deal with that situation. Uh, Jason wants to get uh, uh, pugs, as we have discussed on, on previous occasion, but uh, usually that just amounts to looking at them on Instagram, uh, and then then he sends me uh, photos of pugs. Uh, a lot. Well, if you travel yeah. in airplanes a lot, that's not uh, though. That's not going to be easy if no. you end up having to take them places. No, no, no. I well, see, I think because neither of our apartments allows for animals uh we are oh. a long way out from that being a problem uh, yeah yeah uh but uh but yes yes that that's for now it's just the the steady administration of instagram photos of pugs uh, <laughs> and and i should say too you know when i look at the whole picture Uh, Like it should be obviously, you know, it's my brand on the Internet that I love my dogs and I love dogs and and other animals in general. So I don't think that anyone, you know, is confused by or is is 
convinced that I suddenly don't like dogs because on the whole, they're fantastic. It's just in this very particular place where Mizzy is not a, a happy creature. And so it's like, if this is the one thing that I have to deal with, but the rest of it is like all awesome and wonderful and, you know, makes me happy, then it's not that big of a deal. But in this one thing, it is a very big deal in and of itself. And so I'm looking for, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed and I may even, I had thought about doing this, just, uh, doing like a, a test run of giving her her little dose of, uh, CBD and then just driving around my city a little bit and seeing how she, she handles it in the crate. Um, cause yeah, it's essentially like she's got, she wants to, to be closer to me. <laughs> and so for her to be stuck in the back seat or even in the seat beside me is just like the end of the world. And it's coupled with um, no animal uh, of the, at least of the quadruped variety, no animal enjoys that feeling of uh, lack of control where like under their four feet, they want to, f they don't want to feel movement. And so it can be kind of frightening for some dogs, uh, cats and other animals, because it's, it's as if they're stepping on an unsteady surface, but it's like constant. And I can't imagine how disorienting that must feel, but it would not be fun. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. But, uh, we should, we should move on to some tech, tech topics. Um, some mm -hmm. of our tech, tech treats, treat, treat, uh, ourselves to some technology. Um, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, all those great things. Uh and I have to say that uh there has been some news uh this week uh about a company called Facebook and uh <laughs> little disclosure, uh I I have uh in my life somebody who uh does some research stuff for a division that is not like evil, but uh I recognize that there are a lot of things about the rest of this company that are uh, undesirable. Uh I deactivated mm -hmm. my Facebook account like last year uh or no this spring um but uh I still have my Facebook account I'm uh, sorry my Instagram account and I know that uh I recently listened to an episode of Clockwise that you did and you discussed the same thing that you have an Instagram account um uh because because it gives you the the good dopamine serotonin whatever hit. yes um but uh the but you had you had deactivated your your Facebook um and uh you received a panicked uh, message from someone in your life about your status on Facebook. Yeah. So there, I mean, there are multiple things that I want to talk about here and I will gladly discuss most of it, um, uh, with, with some new stuff about Facebook, uh, sharing information. And then also the NAACP calling for a boycott on Facebook because the company helped to perpetuate racism and targeted, uh, people of color in the election, uh, which is obviously very disappointing for me as a person of color. Um, so I'll get to that in a moment. But first, I'll say, yeah, so um, my birthday was yesterday. Uh, and my mom on all of her kids birthdays, uh, all four of us, she will typically like find some adorable photos of us as little kids and post those and then, you know, write out a nice little message about um you know, our new year and, and all that kind of stuff, just fun, sweet stuff. And when she went on to Facebook to make the post and she tried to tag me in it, my name wasn't showing up. Um, 
And so she had messaged me asking, hey, is everything okay? Um, and it was an understandable concern. Uh, I you know, have, have dealt with, with depression and anxiety throughout my life. And um, I, I think I've talked, I don't know if I've talked on this podcast, but I've talked elsewhere about how I am now a freelance uh, writer or tech journalist or what have you. And um, of course, like anytime you go freelance, there are lots of struggles there uh, with with getting settled in and making sure that everything's running how it's supposed to yada, yada, yada. And so yeah, it was just kind of like, Hey, I hope you're okay. You've disappeared from the internet in her mind because she she has like Instagram, but Facebook was the first place that she went to post it. So she's just like, "Where did he go?" Because I I didn't take the t- I mean, and not that she expected it, but like I don't I'm not going to take the time to tell everyone who I'm friends with on Facebook that I'm gone. Um, so yeah, she was concerned there, but I explained, and uh, then later that day she sent me a little screenshot of like what people had commented on the Facebook post, and so I said, "Hey, you can let them know." These are my, you know, responses and thanks and whatever. And if anybody asks why I'm not there anymore, then you can tell them about. Um, I said you can quote me. I'm following recommendations by the NAACP uh, because Facebook perpetuates racism. Um, and she's like, okay, <laughs> uh, but uh, I didn't simply deactivate my account. In the past, I have uh, Facebook only used to give you an option to deactivate. You could only go in, click a deactivate button, and it would sort of temporarily keep your account in like a, uh, I don't know, it's it's like it puts it to sleep, essentially it puts your account to sleep. And if you log in again, then it undoes that process, your account wakes right back up, you can log in and be on Facebook again. I've deactivated my account a couple times in the past. Uh, as of the UK ruling where I can't remember what the now because it's been a while, but the thing where basically they required online social media companies to give you more access to your data that's being stored and shared on these different sites. So you, if for folks who might not know, it's why like now on Instagram, you can download all your posts on Facebook. You can download all of your stuff. You can go to different sites and, and get that information and see exactly what data these companies have. That's thanks to a court ruling in the UK. So thank you all for that. But it also um, put pressure on companies to not just do that simple slumber process, but allow you to completely remove your account if you choose. So Facebook has now added an option not only to deactivate, but to completely delete your account. Um, in the past, I've deactivated. This time I clicked the delete button. Uh, it says, hey, uh, I know you want to delete your account, but hey, maybe you want to uh, make sure that uh, you think about deactivating. Here's what deactivation does. Uh, and also, hey, don't forget to download your data. Da, 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 da. So I did download my data. Wow, did download my data before I went in <laughs> <The 3Ds>. and <laughs> before I went in and clicked that delete button. But then I clicked the delete button. You had to type in your password and click delete again. And then it said, you've got 30, you have 30 days. Uh, and at, at 30 days, your Facebook account will die. But um, at any time, if I chose, I could log back in until those 30 days are up and say, I was just kidding. I don't want to delete my Facebook. But I do. And I'm not going to log in and change that. Um, so yeah, I have uh, completely removed Facebook. Now, this is the part where folks go, you know, Instagram is owned by Facebook, right? And yes, and it's very unfortunate um, because I 
don't want to get rid of my Instagram account. Um, it's one of the few places, one of the few social media networks where I actually still do uh, experience a level of joy from interacting with it, uh, seeing other people's awesome baked goods and the cool cake decorating stuff they're doing, seeing my friends talking about the latest stuff in their life, posting photos of my dogs, uh, seeing people's Instagram stories, all that's so much fun. And I don't want that. I'm not getting rid of that. So I realized that Facebook still has its claws in me. Um, it was more, it was less about the sharing stuff because I know that already. Um, I'm not, you know what I mean? I, I feel like those of us who are, who are, tech-minded are not naive about how easily these companies share data. And mine was more about the company helping to um, target uh, black people and um, essentially uh, Facebook didn't of course do a very good job uh, with the Russian tampering of the election. Um, they are attempting to improve on that and that's good. But uh there was a an Instagram account called Blackstagram, uh, and it was it was Russia backed. It had over three hundred thousand followers, and it was putting out the idea. It was it was it was all about how Hillary Clinton was not the right choice for black people, and it was helping to push forward and reinforce that narrative and suggesting that. Uh, black folks stay home and don't vote or black folks uh, vote for I'm not I, I almost got mad uh, the, th the third party candidate. That's all I'm going to say there. Um, <laughs> so there were uh. also uh, Russian pages on Facebook that had one point uh, two million followers that also targeted black folks. And so there was a whole lot of targeting of uh, communities of color to continue to do a thing that has plagued communities of color ever since we were given the right to vote in America, which was which is voter suppression. It convinced people that they shouldn't get out and vote. It convinced people that um, the Democratic candidate was not the right choice for them. It was all about voter suppression. And that is an inherently racist um, weapon that uh, unfairly targets communities of color. So when I saw that, um, I said, okay, it's, I, you know, I've deactivated in the past. I'm going to get rid of my account. Again, I also realized that, you know, one raindrop in the ocean is not felt by anybody, but it's not about, it's not about me trying to hurt the company it's about me making the right decision for myself. It, it's, uh, you know, it's, I don't, I don't think that I'm slapping anyone's face by doing it. It's about how I feel morally. Um, and apparently I don't feel morally enough about it to remove my Instagram account. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of where I am. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, I, I, uh, I struggle with the Instagram thing too, because I, I feel like, as far as the social networks that I access, um, it uh, is pleasant, deceptively so, um, <laughs> because yeah. I know I know that uh, there there are um, other elements to it uh, that come out in these reports. Uh, I'm just not 
like like the accounts that you mentioned there are political accounts on instagram that do post like political memes and memes and stuff and what have you um and uh there was even like some Russian troll account on Instagram that was like posting dildos and stuff uh, for targeted at gay people. And it was unclear if they were making any money off of what they were doing, but it was it's very confusing. It was very strange. Um, but, uh, but there is the, none of that stuff affects me. None of that stuff surfaces in my explore tab or in with the people that I follow. And I think part of that is because Instagram doesn't have a mechanism for um, retweeting. They did, recently add the ability for you to uh repost a story into your you uh, repost a post or story into your uh instagram story um but not uh, a profile photo like people still use like regram or whatever hacky stuff to do that hmm. um so it's not like twitter where people are just constantly like quote tweeting things as fast as possible um so you don't necessarily get political things flying at you in 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 the way that they do on other platforms like Facebook and like uh Twitter both do um so it 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 can feel less confrontational in that way it can feel less um questionably sourced um uh, because you're not dealing with information uh a lot of times you're dealing with photos of dogs um thirst traps hmm. uh uh people that you follow for updates on their daily life um about and about how perfect and immaculate it all is uh although there are a couple of people i follow where i'm just like there's no it's, do you not know how to take a photo like <laughs> <laughs> what, what, let's what, talk about framing <laughs> yeah, what what is what is what is this a photo of exactly uh, <laughs> like so that is that is that a tile sample like what, what, are, you, what, are, you do, what are we doing here but uh there's 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 stuff like that where it's just like it doesn't it doesn't directly feel um uh like it like it affects you in that way and i know that that is deceptive because of course it's linked into all the same subsystems and whatever for all the, the ad tech um so uh i'm probably fooling myself by still using that but uh it, it is uh at least a, a it's a weirdly pleasant experience uh to use it i know that a lot of uh there are some there's some backlash in the gay community about uh basically how uh there are some people who who feel like they are they get depressed by going onto instagram and seeing how uh perfect every other thirst trap's life is and how they're oh, not yeah they're, yeah they're how they're like their life is not like that um and so then they just get sad about themselves um yeah because it, it does you know there's there's um there's already body uh, image issues and body dysmorphia disorder is uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It is there's a there's a greater amount of it in in the queer community as a whole, and as opposed to you know like uh, heterosexual folks. And so because of that, I definitely get that, um, and I understand you know where where that kind of comes forth because if you're inundated by these photos over and over again of these like perfectly chiseled individuals and then you look at yourself and you don't feel or see that or think that you know that's not the ideal body um it's understandable that that's a concern and in the past there have been studies done you know by uh peer-reviewed uh journals or studies rather published in peer-reviewed journals that talk about instagram specifically and the rates of 
depression and body image disorders and things like that that are tied to this image-based social network. So that sort of uproar, or not even really an uproar, but that that concern, I think, is a very real thing. Um, and I want, I'm going to let I want I'm going to let you finish, but I was just going to say like. <laughs> <laughs> that part doesn't particularly bother me uh, personally, but the part that gets me, that depresses me, that upsets me, that makes me sad is how it seems like if you are queer and visible and on Instagram, then you are just a an advertisement factory. Every single one of your posts is... Uh, I don't know, uh, talking about a deal at Domino's or, uh, I don't know, selling some cruise line ticket or something like that. It seems like all, that's all. the So I've I've unfollowed. I'm really sad because I've unfollowed so many queer people on Instagram and particularly queer couples because they that's all they ever post is just advertisement after advertisement. Yeah, there's something weirdly exploitative um cuz yes. and I know that you are referencing um uh a couple uh P- PJ and Thomas, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them, yeah. Yeah, uh, cuz they had they they tried to uh shoehorn their way into um an HGTV career uh and I kind of I, I followed them at first to because it was like supportive of oh look there here are these queer people yes, like exactly. working on renovating a house um, because that's something you don't see like sorry HGTV but uh, you, you, it's just straight people as far as the eye can see um, <laughs> and uh, so it felt kind of interesting that this is the internet enabling somebody who doesn't have an audience in order to to build an audience that they could have uh, access to. Uh, uh, and, and so the other people could have access to that that uh, kind of thing that they they were looking for that that kind of show. Um, I don't believe their show worked out uh, and, uh, that they got on HGTV, and uh, they they've just been posting like uh, deals that they got for like cruise lines and stuff, and they go on yeah. like the cruises with other couples, and they both take photos of each other, and <sighs> then they both show up in my Instagram feed, and it's just like you guys are. This is like. I don't know. This is unpleasant. Um, so it's just so fake. That's yeah. like it's there's no there's no authenticity to it. And I mean, just the other day, I was in my Instagram Discover tab, and I, it's it's as if you can spot these posts from a mile away. And I ended up sending the post to my partner and was like, "This just bugs me so much because it was uh, one person was like, uh, I think standing on a on a stool or maybe like a stepladder or something, putting lights on the tree. And the other person was sitting down sort of like looking up at them and smiling. And, you know, this poses a tiny little square in my Instagram, although I guess the squares have gotten bigger, uh, big Instagram. And (laughs) I immediately knew that it was some sort of ad and I went into it and absolutely it was. And I'm like, this is so sad that there's nobody being authentic, like that no one, no queer couple that is getting attention that is, you know, uh, pushed by Instagram's algorithms that other people are liking. Uh, they're not, they're not authentic. I, the whole point in my mind is to show that, uh, queer relationships are just as as valid like we know they're just as valid we know they are are just as supportive and just as as um all of these things but 
when you look online and all you see are these inauthentic posts, it's very, it's sad. It makes me sad. Yeah. And like, as you're saying, like these thumbnails, like you can tell from a mile away, it's like, oh, somebody's shaving. I know what that is. And somebody's <laughs> yeah, brushing their no, teeth. I know that's Looking a, at each other. And... Yeah. It's just like every, any, any, t- any time. And for some reason, everything needs to be done shirtless. But, uh, but even if you <laughs> yeah. like see less often or whatever on this stuff, um, it still like services every now and then. And you're just like, why, why, why are you? rearing your your advertising head here um because like this is uh unpleasant like let me go back to my french bulldogs now um please yeah i want to see more dogs and more i so i'm into like i think that some of the this is i made the joke the other day but like i know why it happened i'm into some of the like physical therapy stuff i think it's really cool when folks are talking about uh tendons and ligaments and how they connect and what you what stretches and stuff you can do to to help with those things but it led me down this horrible path where uh they showed an uh, achilles tendon surgery and it was not pleasant for me to see that but on the whole i like to see those like mine is baking um and cake decorating it's dogs and it's like physical therapists um and then occasionally like comedy stuff uh and those are the things that i like to see and i am sad that then there are these like you said exploitative posts that pop up yeah and but you know that's it's people are making things tailored to what they think will surface in explore to get them more followers to get them money from advertising and that's a revenue stream for them is what they think um there was recently a uh Oh, I can't remember where the the post was, but it was it was uh a, might have been the Atlantic, but it was about uh uh some people like even in high school were posting fake ads because they were trying to build a following. And oh my god, it was this it was just like I was like this is just some black mirror shit right here. Like I, I <laughs> black mirror bullshit. Yeah, I, like what, what like what is what is so broken in our society that uh like 15 year olds are posting fake uh water bottle advertising endorsements uh oh my god so that they can show them to other people and try to build a following and it's like this is this is just oh, really icky just the other day in my instagram stories i kept seeing people um take like posting a screenshot and then tagging lululemon in it and the screenshot said hey take this post uh screenshot it put it in your instagram stories and tag lululemon and you could be selected as a lululemon uh i don't remember what it was lululemon ambassador or whatever yeah uh and then lululemon had to put out a thing saying no we're not we're not doing that that's not a thing we're doing and i saw like three or four different people do that and so everybody wants to be a brand ambassador well you know what i mean when i say everyone but it's just it's it makes me sad that that is sort of the (sighs) that's hopefully but it already is kind of going down that way but like that's the thing you know what is it it's it's um it is russian bots and uh nazis that are ruining twitter it's (laughs) russian tampering and nazis and uh racist family members that's ruining facebook plus mark zuckerberg um and everybody facebook is ruining facebook and now it's going to be over commercialization of human beings and um 
what is the word I'm looking for? Where you're just oh materialism that's ruining Instagram, and that's just a disease that's that's spreading on those different social media platforms. And pretty soon we're not going to have any that bring us any joy, and we're all just going to shut down the internet and go about our lives, and it's just going to be sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I guess we should probably mention I I we we had um, railed particularly hard on uh, Twitter this summer i want to say late late summer maybe august something i don't know mm-hmm. um i think it was around then uh where uh i just decided i was not going to be using twitter as much uh it was they they were deactivating third-party stuff to try to get you in the app more they were uh uh not doing enough to curtail abuse and other problems that they were having the election stuff for media coverage was out of control for the kind of things that you would see, the, the fervor and anger uh, and outrage that was constantly spilling over into things in unproductive ways, um, where it often became a situation where people are like, hey, look at me being outraged, uh, uh-huh. rather than th- deal with this outrageous situation. Um, so that and uh we we had talked about that and i i had decided to to be on twitter less often um basically not at all um and and uh was on mastodon then i noticed uh like two weeks before the election all of a sudden everybody disappeared from mastodon um (laughs) and uh, not that that many people were on mastodon but uh there were there was there were there were enough where you could use it as a social network um Uh uh-huh not not an overwhelming quantity of people but uh it, it, it was doable and uh i was still using amarok as a client uh even though that's just like a web view uh, and it was all janky and didn't really give you notifications. Um, but, uh, I was surviving on that. And then the election happened. Things were f- okay ish. And I, uh, decided to go back over to Twitter to try and see if I could socialize on there because it's very difficult to socialize on Mastodon if you don't have anyone to talk to. Like, there were days where I would just have nothing in my. Uh, feed except for updates from accessible colors account that i follow because i find the accessible colors account soothing it just posts two contrasting colors uh at random nice yeah it's just it's just little color swatches it's fun uh and uh the developer of mastodon talking about some anime that he watched or something and it was just like (laughs) i i don't know i like i I just i feel like there should be more activity here than this because i was following a lot more people but they are just Got quiet, and then uh, I noticed that a lot of them were posting back on uh, Twitter again. <clears throat> Dan, right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matt. Uh, but uh, I, so I, I popped back over there, and I started using that more. Um, and I muted a bunch of things that weren't helping me, um, and uh, and got got that more under control. And I've I've also started a policy of catching myself on a couple of situations where I was going to go be the angry outrage quote to tweet person that I don't want to be, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. be, be the non quote tweet you want to see in the world. <laughs> um, 
which is not to say that I, I don't like quote tweets, um, because it's a good way to preview information and share it, uh, while adding a little bit of uh, context, uh, about, about your opinion. Um, but yeah, I like quote tweets. I'm, so, I'm but I don't, yeah, I, I like quote tweets. I don't like using them for the, that, you know, negative purpose. No, but a lot of people love to do that. Um, that is, yes, the, they do. Yeah. It, it, dunk I haven't tweets. followed most of those people. <laughs> yeah. What I, I, you know, there's, there's just something where you're not adding anything. You just want to make the tweet about yourself um where there is nothing that you're bringing to the table so it'll just be like thread pointy finger or uh (laughs) you know (laughs) just something something where you you're just like not there's nothing here you could have just hit the 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 retweet button um remember for a while the big trend was to quote tweet someone and then say what their job was uh Oh, that was, that this was... is this is the head of marketing at Chef Boyardee, and it's talking about like how ravioli isn't a very good food. Yeah, it was it was a uh, Kyle Griffin one, I believe. He was like an MSNBC producer, is like the most notorious example of that. But you can really solve that problem by uh, muting Kyle Griffin one. Um, <laughs> and if you use Tweetbot, you can even add him to a filter, so any tweet that contains a quote tweet that points to his profile will not appear, um, which is fantastic. You can't do that in the real Twitter client. So you'll still see people being like, this is outrageous. And then you'll see like the URL that has Kyle Griffin one in it. And you're just like, I'm good. I don't need to click on that. I know exactly what that's going to be. Yeah. Sigh. Sigh. <sighs> Wait, is that what this year has been? A big sigh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this year sucked. Uh, this is not a not a fantastic year. Um, no. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll see how it all goes. Uh, hopefully it doesn't all go sideways. I feel like we're on, we've been on um, this very precarious little teeter-totter. Um, <laughs> mm, just mm-hmm. going tiny bits back and forth. Not all the way down on one side, not all the way down the other side, just just tiny little wobbling back and forth, and that at any moment it's all going to go crashing down. Uh, oh boy. And and uh, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's an unsteady feeling. Um, I feel like I am a dog in a car, and I don't know why I'm moving, uh, so I'm very anxious. So that that is that is my metaphor for for that situation. I like that. I, yeah, that that's uh, yeah. We're all feeling a little bit like that, I think. Um, that I can't remember. I just I was reading a post about, and I'm not getting into it. Um, but I was reading a post about uh, Kevin Hart. Um, uh, oh man, yeah. And I'm not. That's the part I'm not getting into. But there was a really something that made me happy that was said in the article. Well, let me be clear. When I say I'm not getting into it, obviously I am absolutely against all of the things that he did. I'm not that person. that's like, I'm not getting into it because actually I believe that what he did was okay. (laughs) No. Uh, If you think that about me, then I'm not done a good job of like expressing my feelings about things. But uh, yeah, no, I am obviously very, very, very against uh, secret homophobe, Micah Sargent. Yeah. (laughs) Right. What? How did that happen? Um, but there was a thing that was said in the um in this article and I will send you the link to it Joe so we can include it in the show notes uh it was over on Into and I know Into has some interesting history recently thank you next but uh this one is not this one is very good um and it's talking about how it is because of because of the continual march of um, the con- 
the ongoing march of like overall acceptance and and uh tolerance is not the right word because it's not just tolerance but it is like a societal acceptance of all of these things that used to not be okay so to speak and that that is why right now things are so things are especially severe because people who are ignorant and you know not good people and are not open-minded and are uh wanting to keep things the way that they were now they feel like they have to come out of the woodwork and have to be gross and mean and evil and and shout because they don't want things to change and it's only because of how much things have changed that they are climbing up out of the 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 sewers and screaming about things um, where before they didn't need to do that because that's not how far, you know, that's not where we were at the time. And it is, um, it, it made me think about how, you know, there's a lot of, even, even from people who are more liberal and who are more, um, I don't know. Open-minded really, I think is the right word here. How sometimes there's this argument about, you know, tone policing and wokeness and, um, uh, being, being more aware. Uh, I think that even a lot of that stuff is because of, of, of where we are now, where, there are a lot of people who are thinking, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't use those words because they do hurt people and here's how they hurt people because we're more connected to, to, to people and we understand, we read more stories, we interact with more people um, and more people of different backgrounds and different abilities and different, you know, like all of these, all of these things come together because of the internet, because of our connection, where we see more experiences from people than we would have seen years ago, where we tended to stick more like it was, it's very, um, evolutionarily, you know, tribalism is, is hardwired into our brains and increasingly because of the internet, because of the way that we're connected with more people and also because of the overall societal shift to be more welcoming, it is causing that tribalism to break a little bit. And so people are seeing and experiencing and being around, uh, more diversity. And it is because of those things that, uh, we have have come to this place where, you know, oh, well, it's probably not a good idea to use a uh, blank word because that's actually, you know, a very painful thing for someone or it perpetuates uh, stereotypes about mental illness or, you know what I mean, those things. And people will gripe about that. But it's only because of the fact that it's it's at its at its base, it's hard for us to to want to change change is very difficult for humans and it is hard for us to also hear that we are hurting others you know if you're if you are at your base a good person and you know you do care about hurting others then when you hear you've hurt someone that could be even more painful to you because you don't want to believe that wow that thing that i did that thing that i said hurt somebody that's not who i see myself as it it is um it is a it's a factor of and i talk about this a lot but it is a factor of cognitive dissonance because cognitive dissonance suggests that we have trouble believing something that does not agree with 
our beliefs. It is, that is the, the dissonance of our cognitive beliefs. And so if we believe that we ourselves are good people and that we try not to hurt people when we hear that we've hurt somebody, then that's where that, that dissonance clicks in and it's painful for us to hear that. So I guess what I'm saying in all of this is uh, as we go into the new year, um, be very aware of of that dissonance and be very aware of the fact that we are seeing these extremes because of the societal shift to what I believe and what I think many other people believe is a better future uh, with with more inclusivity. And um, in that way, I think that's a benefit of, of the Internet and, and social media and allowing us all to experience more people. So, yeah, be aware of of how you react to things. And, you know, especially those of you who are like, I'm a good person. I could never be insert thing here. Um, if, if your friend of color says, hey, that thing that you said really bothered me, uh, that doesn't mean, you know, it's time for you to go. I'm not racist. I, I've you know, I'm, I'm not. I never would do anything like that. Listen and understand and hear them and uh and continue to grow and be awesome. And yeah, that's it. I'm going to step off the soapbox now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I mean, the only thing I would add to that is um, I, I, before, before mashing that retweet button or, or contributing to a conversation or anything like that, um, uh, even if you agree with something, I, I would, I would ex- think uh, for yourself uh about the motivations of the people involved and what they are hoping to accomplish out of um something uh so Mm -hmm. in some cases you may agree with uh the sentiment that someone has that this someone has been hurt or impacted uh in a way like uh with the kevin hart thing for example um that uh it's not great to have him as a host when he has said these things in the past. It would be good to have an apology from Kevin Hart. And I know that there are many people in the the gay community, the queer community, who feel that had there just been your usual rote apology process of, I am sorry, I don't believe these things anymore, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, uh, that things could progress. Um, mm-hmm. it, regardless of why the old tweets were surfaced, because... I know that many people believe that people can change over time and that uh, uh, things that people have tweeted in the past are should not always necessarily haunt them for the rest of their lives. They should be able to say, I'm sorry, and move on. Because mm-hmm. um, I know that there are many, many people who would give that same option to uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy uh, uh, writer-director James Gunn. Um, but who I don't know if they would get extend the same thing to Kevin Hart. The problem with Kevin Hart's situation was that um, he 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 just didn't want to apologize, and then yeah, he's, doubled down. Yeah, and then he stepped down, and then he apologized when he when he quit, uh, which is I think maybe not the approach. Uh, so just think about that kind of stuff uh, when when things are being retweeted and stuff. Uh, like there is a a very local issue that was in the newspaper recently. There's a mural on the side of a school uh, in Koreatown, um, a neighborhood of Los Angeles, uh, where there are many Korean Americans uh, and Korean immigrants uh, who, who live uh, and work in the area. And the public school 
um, LA Unified School District Public School, uh, commissioned a mural, um, and it was by an artist, and he painted a, a, a Ava Gardner, uh, a Hollywood actress. Um, and there are these sun rays radiating out from her eyes uh, in like a blue and red pattern, and there's palm trees and stuff. It doesn't look very pretty. Um, I don't really like the mural, <laughs> but uh, there was a small group of um, Korean American citizens uh, who were outraged uh, that the mural they felt um, was as bad as a swastika because it was showing uh, support for uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the flag that the Japanese would fly when they had invaded Korea, um, which is red rays from a sun uh, a certain number of which i can't remember right now rating out, out okay. on a white flag and so then the school board was going to paint that over and the artist said no um and some local people in the community who are also korean american said this isn't that at all like what are you guys talking about um so <laughs> uh that's just an example of sometimes you you should think about things and get some opinions before you put yeah. up a mural and also after yeah. the mural goes up before you say you're going to take it down maybe also yeah. do some more polling too oh um, my word just don't immediately react because uh, then you're just going to find yourself immediately reacting to every outraged group that comes by and then there's uh also situations like uh there was the thank you next video from ariana grande where <sighs> into posted that ridiculous thing about how awful it was and it was trying to be it was trying. It was trying so hard um, to be, I don't know, woke or something. But it was. Uh, it was the opposite of that, uh, and that got them into a lot of trouble. Uh, so it's. It's. You can't. You might think that you're like uh, being helpful in some situations when you're like uh, taking feedback about somebody who has felt wronged, um, but also mm -hmm. make sure that you're. Uh, being considerate before reacting um, about uh, who who all is affected, and um, sometimes there are people who will use outrage as a tool um, just for uh, their own personal um, feelings, rather than for the feelings of uh, a wronged community. Even though they'll dress themselves up in the, the the flag of being wronged. Yeah, and okay, I know that I we've we've both gone on, but I this falls down in this line. I think. Um, we all have to be more aware of, of our knee jerk reaction to things. Uh, you, it's basically what you're saying, Joe, that, you know, you got to take a second and think about things. Um, one example of this, I just saw, and I'm no, like, this is the, I guess the one reason that I'm sad I deleted Facebook because, um, Jada Pinkett Smith and her mother, uh, do a show on Facebook, watch or whatever the facebook thingy is yeah um that is actually very good um and they you know they talk to different people about different things and recently they talked to ellen pompeo uh which many of you may know is uh the lead act actor on gray's anatomy um she is married to a man of color and has mixed kids um and she was on there talking about her experience as a uh, as as a white parent of mixed children of of black children and also you know being married to a black man and how that has you know how that's how that's gone for her and and what you know just just the experience but one of the things that 
at one point she's she's talking about how because like she has been um a pretty awesome ally and a an actual like a a good and true ally of people of color um and so i've i tend to appreciate the things that she says and one of the things that she said in the thing she was talking about how um she you know a way to to introduce others experiences into your life in order to just be like more aware of things and at one point she says i have black friends and then she pauses and she goes on to say and i'm going to get to that in a second but when i first heard her say i have black friends there was a little like I don't know. There's like a little switch in my brain that sort of like scraped. And I was like, nah, that's one of those, that's one of those phrases that people say that we know is like, uh, is, is sort of, uh, like secretly racist, but not all that secretly racist. And it's like, I have not a problem because I have black friends. Yeah. And it's, 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 I, a, it's a way of, of having cover for the thing that they're going to say perfect. next. <laughs> exactly. And so I had it in my mind. Oh God, whatever she's about to say is not going to be great. Um, because of this one phrase that like a lot of people, even when I, I shared this video with my partner who is white and he, we, we talked about it afterward and he was like, Oh yeah, whenever she said that I was worried, it's like, see, everybody hears that and they think that, but the conversation was not at all about, I have black friends because what she said was I have black friends and I have white friends. And she says, when I go over to my black friend's house, uh, I am one of several white people that are there and uh then there are also black people there when i go over to my white friend's house there are no black people and she was talking about how uh the white folks have not done a good job of opening up and experiencing other people and and uh and you know befriending folks from other from other backgrounds and, and other communities and um all those kinds of things but that her black friends tended to be. And so it was a conversation not at all about, I need to cover myself here. It was totally about a comparison that had nothing to do with, I'm okay because I have black friends. But hearing that, I almost was ready to be like, and I'm done. And I had that moment where I was like, holy crap, Micah, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I cannot do this. I need to like hear someone out and hear the things that they're saying and don't let those sort of... Uh, trigger phrases that would typically shut down my brain from being or shut down my mind from being open. Uh, I need to let this whole thing play out. And by the end of it, I had cried a couple times. I had yes while snapping my fingers a couple times. <laughs> like it was, it was a really, really good video. And I'm glad that I didn't let myself go. Oh God, not this again, because it was not that at all. So yeah, think, 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 think. And look into yourself and, and think and uh, go from there. And I think that we can um, continue this march of, of progress that happens despite the sewer rats that keep, you know, uh, making themselves known. Yeah. And the world will be a better place for you. <laughs> and the world <laughs> will be a better place. <laughs> that, Love it. Yeah. It's the end of Scrooged, by the way. Um, have you ever seen that movie? I have seen that movie, yeah. and I did not remember that was at the end of Scrooge. <sighs> yeah, and then they, they have the singing puppets inside of Death's ribcage. Um, but uh, on that note, um, we should wrap it up for the year, and I'll see you. I'll wrap it up 
I'll Don't s- do not open until Xmas. I'll see you uh, in twenty by teen. Um, yes, twenty <laughs> by teen. We'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Bye all. Bye.